Hi everyone and welcome back to the In Our Backyard podcast with your host Jen Galler. In this episode, I talk with Mark Vick, who is the Chief Volunteer Firefighter for the Rich Square Volunteer Fire Department and President of the Northampton County Firefighter Association. As a volunteer firefighter, they're not only in service of the community, but also a more visible member of the community. According to the National Fire Protection Association, 70% of firefighters in the United States are volunteers. As mentioned in the previous two episodes, firefighters are at particular risk of exposure to PFOS from it being in their personal protective gear, as well as the foam they use to put out fires. The research shows that PFOS can leach out of turnout gear into firefighters' skin and potentially enter their bloodstream. With Mark, we talk about his experience as a firefighter, when he began to learn about PFOS, where volunteer departments get their funding, and what volunteer departments can do to reduce their exposure. The contact and connect with Mark will be in the show notes below, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So hi, everyone. I'm with Mark Vick, who is a volunteer firefighter. And just starting out, how long have you been a firefighter for? I have been a member of the Rich Square Fire Department for 18 years. And what got you into volunteer firefighting? Well, several different things, but the, one of the most, my father and my grandfather were both part of the fire department, my, my dad more than my grandfather. My dad has been a fireman for close to 50 years, so I spent a lot of time at the firehouse growing up, you know, being involved with the different activities and fundraisers and just being around the, the group the majority of my young life, so it, it sparked an interest, you know, all kids love big red fire trucks and mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was something I might would like when I turned 16. I was able to get in our junior program and it just, I've always loved it. And I love to love giving back to the community. I love, you know, being a part of the organization and, and everything we do. So, yeah, that's great. So, what's your current position in the fire department? I'm, uh, I'm currently chief of our department. Awesome. And so, are you and any other groups related to the fire service? Yes, ma'am. I'm, uh, I'm the current president of the Northampton County Firefighters Association. And so how did you begin to learn about PFOS and AFFF and turnout gears? So uh, as far as the uh, PFOS and the AFFF, that's fairly new information uh, to us, especially, you know, in, in small town, rural North Carolina. You know, it's just been a couple of years that we've really found out about that stuff. Just reading different things online, you know, that just recently the North Carolina State Farmers Association has been sending out more educational material to us about it. You know, things changed about three or four years back. We're now our reporting requirements are different. We actually had to report when we utilize foam and on certain calls and stuff uh, in, in our reporting system. So several years ago, just different levels, but uh, most of it just through media publications and journalism. Mm. And knowing that information, have you or anyone you work with had any health concerns or effects from your exposure to it? In my opinion, it's hard to say. You know, mm-hmm. we, we really, as a small organization, we, we don't track that type of stuff. But it's been a known thing for a long time that, you know, just our turnout gear in general, it gets exposed to a lot of different bad stuff and it, it attracts and keeps different bad chemicals in it. And, and we all know, you know, over the years, we've had several firemen that have had suffered pretty young cardiac events. And we've had several firemen that have died from different types of cancer as well. So sure um, we can't pinpoint and say that, you know, it was because of those things that, that those things happened. But I definitely an educated assumption I can make that, that they didn't help 
that might those matters. Yeah. And do you have any concerns regarding this or yeah, any concerns involving this? Oh, I, I certainly do. You know, we more specifically, we, we don't use a lot of foam, not in our small area. You know, we, we don't have a lot of large, you know, large flammable petroleum incidents where we've got to use a lot of class B foam. We do keep it. We do carry it on the trucks, you know, just in case we have an issue. But my biggest concern is, you know, our turnout gear. You know, with the materials that the new homes are being built out of, you know, the materials that your your household goods are being made out of, they're not made out of wood, cotton, and you know, normal just fabric anymore. It's polymers and all kinds of different things. The stuff we're exposed to fighting house fires now, you know, opposed to twenty years ago, is is a lot more dangerous. And it's definitely a big concern for us, you know, especially being a small rural fire department. Mm-hmm. We we don't have a lot of money to spend on getting gear clean professionally, you know, like we should and things of that nature, like some of these larger organizations do, you know, as far as replacement of gear, having more sets of turnout gear right now. The, the cost of turnout gear of what it is, you know, we're happy to have enough for everybody to wear. So being able to have two or three different sets for people to rotate out is, is almost impossible for us. Yeah, I was going to ask, since I know you all are a volunteer fire department, and I know city-funded or whatever-funded fire departments also use this PPE and turnout gear that have PFOS in it. So where do you all get your funding from? Uh, several different places, but the majority of it comes from just you know, taxpayers. We have a fire service tax district that we, we get a certain small rate every year for general operating funds. Another piece of it comes from just fundraising. Uh, uh, the gross majority of it comes from fundraising. And we have the county and the town, they pay us a, a small contract fee to provide fire service for district. Mm, okay, that makes sense. So what do volunteer departments need to reduce their exposure to this? I really think, just like I said before, is, you know, more funding that we could mm-hmm. utilize for, for buying, you know, multiple sets of turnout gear or or funding that we could utilize to buy the gear washers and dryers that, that are needed to, to clean the gear properly to get the things that the cancer causing carcinogens out of would be huge for us, you know, because those things are extremely expensive and, you know, there's just no way that, you know, small town apartments like mine without assistance would be able to afford those type of things. A standard set of turnout gear right now to outfit one person is somewhere between five and six thousand dollars. You know, just just one person. Uh-huh. And a volunteer a volunteer department, you know, we will have twenty five to thirty people on the roster because you never you're never gonna have a, a set of five or six or eight guys dedicated to be around all the time. So you had to have, you know, enough people to make sure you have your uh, covered at all times. So you can imagine our expense as far as turnout gear goes can be fairly expensive. And then after 10 years, regardless of its use, you know, it's the state and all the mandates considered to be null and void. So you had to had to replace it. Mm, yeah. And so does the fire department know about the exposure you all have? And has there been any kind of response to that? Oh, yeah. My, the guys in my department do. You know, we've especially here recently. I know your group has, has actually had a uh, held a meeting in our county. For educational purposes of, of these things and i know i think but at least some of our guys attended that the word and, and the understanding is getting out better so not a whole lot we can do right now other than be very precautious about you know the, the use of a triple f and handling of it and understanding you know what the, the consequences are and you know and just thinking about the pfas and whatnot during the turnout year mm-hmm. 
And then how can people help with either awareness of PFOS in firefighter gear or yeah, just getting the word out education and then preventing this from even occurring and having exposure to the firefighters? I'd say, you know, reach out to your lawmakers, talk to them about it, you know, be proponents of keeping, you know, first responders and the people to keep you safe, safe and pushing them to to put in mandates that eliminate us from being exposed to these type of things would be the biggest thing we could do. Yeah. And just my last question is how can people contact or connect with you if they have questions or want to reach out? They can send me an email. Uh, it's probably the best way to get in touch with me. RSVFD16 at gmail.com. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Thank you so much to Mark for speaking with me. Like Mark said, one of the best ways to help your local fire department in terms of PFAS is to write to legislators and lawmakers about the issue, as well as to donate. And to learn about other ways you can help will be in the show notes below. Thanks for a great year, everyone, and I'll be back with more episodes in January.